Welcome to episode 48 of New Indian Woman podcast airing first in second half of August 2021 and I'm your host Krishna. This episode also marks the second birthday of New Indian Woman podcast. Thanks to all of you listeners for your encouraging response to this podcast. Today's episode is part 2 of the discussion with Mohinish Sinha from Deloitte India. In part 1 We examine the findings from a recent survey undertaken by his organization around women's experience at workplace. Mohinish Sinha is a partner and leader diversity and inclusion at Deloitte India with 25 plus years experience. Plus, he is also the first male guest on this podcast. Listen to part 1. to know more about what organizations are doing to improve the workplace atmosphere or culture to give equal not just opportunities but also equal experience for women the future of work from home etc we stopped at this question do you think there will be more options for women especially so i am referring to uh, the famous sheryl sandberg's book of leaning in you know uh, where uh women actually the problem is that they want to lean in to work at some points of time they want to lean into their home related responsibilities at certain right. points of their life right and do you see organizations becoming more and more open to this and facilitating training and mentorship not just yeah. for women but also for men around in terms of this is a new culture that indians will have to figure out indians especially because our our notions or social norms are different so do you see any kind of training mentoring and schemes uh, being identified in this area yes indeed i, I think companies have recognized that uh, they need to create a dialogue around around this area with their with their own employees very interesting one of the companies that uh, i know of uh, you know they they created a, you know a podcast around or a, or a, they invited few people to talk about the these issues and uh, that led to hmm. quite a few women going back home sitting down with their spouse and saying you know what we need to talk and uh, you know relook at our responsibilities uh one of them actually mm-hmm. reported and i and i and i remember this is that uh, you know both of them the the spouse and her and you know they sat down and they took a list of things that they do at home right uh, and and the man apparently ran out after the fourth item or the fifth item <laughs> and her list went mm-hmm. on uh, you know to fill the page uh and and it struck him that uh, you know how uh, you know limited time that he's spending and he's now seeing it right earlier uh, probably you know he was out and right. she would be out and so on and they would not pay attention to what what each one of us are doing but now in you know enclosed in that they could see so this is a consequence of an education there but a bigger thing that is happening as a uh, as this uh, as this whole education is is that um, companies have started mm-hmm. creating uh, communities at workplace and these are men and women who are you could call them as mm-hmm. allies to women right uh, who are looking out for uh, their women colleagues and say hey uh, i think we need to do some things uh, better than what we are doing and in that one dominant thing that people are working mm-hmm. on in these communities uh, with the rest of the organization mm-hmm. is helping you know uh, go after the unconscious bias that that sits in each one of us 
right? And men and women alike, by the way. I mean, I know of women, uh, you know, through these studies, uh, who believe that uh, yeah. you know it, uh, you know, whatever it is uh, that's happening to women, it is understandable and it's okay, right? Uh, uh, not from anything. It's a bit of a hostage syndrome, I think. But you know, but there, there is, there are, there are, there is a need for this whole. Uh, calling out the unconscious bias uh, that that exists in every dimension of our working, uh, so that's the other thing that uh, that, uh, mm. that we are seeing as a positive side of it. The companies are investing in, and uh, uh, companies are exploring, um, you know, ways to uh, to skill the women to to be able to deal with their, uh, you know, to mm. create a well-being. So, I mean, in our organization, for example, we do. Right. Uh, 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 regular rounds of uh, you know the usual zumbas and you know beyond that to do actual real conversations you know where we get a mental health pro- professional to talk to our colleagues and we have access to right. our own uh, helplines that you know people can call to and, and talk to our to our uh, counselors so so there is a and, and we are not alone there are so many companies doing the same so I think there is a much positive environment today it's recognized by companies that well being of all and certainly for women is more important. And they are, you know, doing things that would uh, indeed help them. That's nice to know. Education plus having these kind of uh, communities is definitely a good step. Normally, what we hear in the media, unless we actively search, okay, what comes very easily if you look for uh, any women-centric, how to adapt to the workplace and things like that, you see organizations focusing on just two areas, right? One is women in leadership, and they talk about right. policies around maternity leave, paternity leave, whatever it is, essentially associated with the uh, childbirth and those initial months kind of a phase. I see a problem in both because women in leadership is, yes, it's a very small percentage, and that percentage should increase, and that focus is required, I understand. And similarly, the early, that birth stage, uh, you know, the childbirth, that phase, both are required, but the vast majority of women in workforce are not in these two <laughs> stages. Yeah. They are not maybe looking for leadership, but they are definitely interested in their career growth. Okay, right. uh, but they may not yet be in that uh, early, uh, motherhood state, or maybe they have gone past it. If you look at the bulk of the women at workforce as organizations. Are we kind of focusing only on these two other small percentages? Do we kind of ignore the masses amongst women? Right. So, in my experience, I I don't think there is a there is a lack of focus on the masses, as you call mm-hmm. it, uh, the, the not the leaders, not the uh, ones who who are having childbirth. I I think there is a and and it's a broad brush that I'm I'm using mm-hmm. is that it's a there is a heightened awareness around the dominant set of biases that exist in the ways we work hmm. against women, right? I mean, just to illustrate, I mean, one of the big things that India, and I think, and I'm talking about as an India uh, workforce in general, hmm. uh, is uh, the, I believe, one of the strongest barrier to us uh, achieving uh, dominance in this whole world of AI and automation is in a lack of enough women in technology, hmm. Right. And, and and this comes in right from the childhood of a, of a girl child, right. uh, the choices she makes, how she's guided by her own uh, family in, in terms of the choices she picks up. And thereafter in, in organizations, how they are selected, 
right? You know, in good old days, when I say good old days, I'm just meaning two years ago. <laughs> uh, if you're a SAP consultant and, uh, you know, if you were not willing to travel, uh, I'm sorry, that's not a career for you. Right, right? correct, so, correct. So that's how it used to work. And therefore, a woman would not be selected or hired. And these are called systemic biases, right. right? It's not, it's the way you hired, way you looked for candidate, it meant that only a man would get selected. So I, I think there, there, there has been recognition of these, hmm. right? Uh, across at all levels. There is a lot of movement done by many companies, uh, you know, we ourselves and, you know, the IBMs and the Microsoft and, you know, a lot of the tech organizations saying, hey, uh, you know, we can't be doing like this. Um, we need to kind of go down and, and examine how is it that we can, you know, in, encourage more and more women coming into technology field uh, and look at all dimensions of biases hmm. that exist, right, from the family in the career choices to institutions, etc., etc., the non-tech environment as well, there is a recognition that, you know, if 50% of your workforce, potential workforce, that's the population split hmm. across in India, right? If 50% of the people are not enabled, uh, you won't be able to power through, uh, you know, the aspirations of growth, etc. right? So there is, a, uh, there is a business need, if you like. <laughs> and I like business need because that makes, uh, you know, yeah. ec- economics always pushes, uh, you know, things to our favor in, in what we're trying to solve. Right. And, and therefore, we're seeing that uh, companies are con- consciously doing this. Hmm. Uh, there is a more esoteric reason, and, and there is, you know, esoteric, there are uh, fewer organizations who recognize this. Uh, who are more mature and so on. And the fact, what they recognize is a workplace with real diversity, right, of men and women. And, and you know, it, it goes, the diversity sense goes even higher in terms of LGBT plus and, and, and uh, you know, mental health, uh, you know, people with different uh, abilities, uh, special abilities. Uh, but even if you look at the gender, they recognize that workplace becomes that much more enjoyable mm. uh, if we are able to create a space where people uh, of both the genders you know feel successful and and uh, those are the companies are thriving that much more right there is enough research to point out uh, for example companies which create what is called an inclusive culture mm. uh, tend to create six times more in, uh, innovation uh, they create, uh, you know, uh, two times higher profitability mm. and profitable growth. Uh, you know, so things like that. I, I think there is so there is enough longitudinal studies done to point out that a good inclusion, uh, inclusive environment where men and women thrive together uh, tend to create better business results, right? And therefore, those companies, who are smaller numbers, who are looking to what can I do to make every individual in this organization, men and women alike, uh, feel successful and, and they are not only you know tackling the systemic bias unconscious bias that might stay in the way they work but they go to the heart of that culture mm. and push the leaders to become more inclusive more accountable for inclusion um, and and those are the very few companies like i said about you know three to five percent of the companies typically operate at this level but they tend to do best and in my my aspiration is that actually every organization can be that. True. Right? Yeah, because it's, it's the, the simple idea that we create an inclusive environment. Uh, it doesn't require rocket science. We know that if we all work happily, we'll do better results. So it's a good result for everyone. I am right? reminded of the famous uh, byline in that ad, Ye dil mange more. <laughs> yeah Absolutely. i'm reminded of your comment in this uh, report where you talk yeah. about cultural shifts required and you have referred to the need for respecting boundaries of work hours uh, so yeah. monish i remember when you know maybe the last 20 30 years when the it opened up and we started going abroad many many of our organization had this so-called 
cross cultural training programs i uh, remember where we right. were told uh, what to talk or what not to talk with mm-hmm. germans what to talk with english what not to talk with americans all these uh, yeah. trainings and it was mandatory to attend these trainings uh, before one went i am not saying that those trainings converted you to become culturally sensitive but at least it made some uh, uh, what do you say made you a bit more aware that there is such a thing so do you think yeah. this kind of a cultural shift that we are talking about involves some of these trainings making it very explicit for example all are familiar with bad estimates or ineffective planning leading to last minute delays all nighters and these expectations for everyone men or women uh, all alike to be checking email or messenger we conveniently do we ignore this the, the the culture that we have of ceasing everybody on mails you know uh, you know meetings for meeting sake meetings like jugaad is kind of so valued planning is seen as somebody who has a lot of time does it and it's kind of looked down upon i can go on and on these are all part of the culture exactly so exactly. do you think there is a possibility of being made aware through some kind of sessions whether it is senior leadership whether it is junior resources whomever men and women alike because even even women do the stereotypes of men we the women yeah. do not acknowledge that there may be men in the team who have to take care of babies at home that is yeah. happening yeah. and it may be a small percentage so this to avoid the stereotyping do you think those kind of sessions etc are we are we there taking your example of the uh, the cultural sensitivity workshops and as you said that uh, i mean it it helped to some extent but it didn't necessarily prepare you fully yes. right and i think it goes to the human behavior that uh, you know we all wake up saying okay tomorrow onwards i'll be only you know eating healthy um, <laughs> i said that to myself a few days ago and reached out for a samosa <laughs> just the day after right so Uh, you know that's how behavior changes it's it's tough when it doesn't happen yeah. just because we decide uh, so the the real uh, real aspect there and and we should and companies are doing you know awareness sessions and so on and it it helps because it creates a dialogue but it doesn't create change hmm. what creates change is two dominant things uh, right uh, if i were to put it one is is the leaders resolve and when i say leaders is the ceo is the leadership per se who recognize that the ways of working is we done Ch- you know culture changes from top down mm. right um, it doesn't change bottom up uh, it can get worse bottom up <laughs> but it 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 is it is uh, you know top down any change is about you know top down uh, so we need that as a very dominant one and along with that intent is about role modeling right, right. um uh, that the, the leader uh, leaders walk the talk if they say we need planning then when they see uh, you know uh, a jugaad kind of uh, document put up they throw it out saying sorry that's not rigor enough mm. or right it's not been thought about enough and, and that's why fewer companies do it because the leaders intend to solve it the companies who are mature and who are thinking and maturity doesn't mean large i mean yeah. they just their leaders have reached a point that they appreciate these these deep uh, uh, you know principles and they realize that they need to shape their organization differently and therefore they're doing the right thing and i know of small companies big companies alike you know so so that is one the second thing that is that needs to go hand in hand is all uh, behavior shaping things or actions and policies 
need to be aligned to it. For example, like you know, talked about uh, you know people doing jugad and getting and delivering what is required. Hmm. You know, what does the performance uh, management system do? Right? Mm-hmm. What does it finally value? So I know of you know good old days, and it's not now, and I don't think it happens enough. Or at least it's not consciously. Is that uh, you know in good old days, while whatever the performance management system might say, but the the individual is rated on oh this guy worked so long, right? I mean he 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 we told him to go to this remote place and he dropped everything and went despite hmm. the fact he was getting married in in two months time something like right, that right? right and and those values would have a disproportionate impact on the on the performance and the person will earn more salary guess what you know you you start you start rewarding these negative behaviors those 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 biases if you like yeah so if you want to change that behavior change your change your measures and reward yeah. those changes uh, you know in that manner so start rewarding people who have done on time rather than people who have you know solved a crisis right uh, people who averted crisis give them a reward right which is Good. a tough Good. one to do but you yeah. know, that's the way mature systems operate so it's really about these two it's about role modeling leaders and doing that and 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 the reward systems the performance systems if you start doing that then then the rest of the organization then uphold this then the people down the line use this to 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 change their work and use technologies to streamline blah 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 but these are two strongest culture shaping initiatives that is hard to do right because it's tough to do this uh, for any company but uh, is as simple as that if you correct and i i completely agree these two empowers people not just women empowers everybody to say no to nonsense yeah yeah exactly, exactly. what we all in our minds know is this is uh, is not correct this kind of demand should not be there and we keep quiet because that is the culture that is what is happening top down so i completely agree yes so monisha i wanted to ask you what is your message to women we were looking at what organizations could do right but i am keen to also know based on your experience yeah. what is your message to women right. in terms of what they should or should not do yeah you know to get aligned to this culture to get aligned to this kind of yeah. a thought process in the short term in the long term what do you think what would your inputs yeah. be yeah let me use what i have seen women do in these times right hmm. and Uh, that's one of the things i started looking out for okay what are the you know so called uh, good practices that women are doing and i think one dominant thing women have done um, uh, and 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 therefore i would recommend to your listeners to do the same is talk about it right recognize this pattern that's happening around you hmm. uh, and uh, and and talk to your colleagues or uh, talk to your peers men and women alike including to your manager and and so on hmm. uh, to help point out where you are I, i think that's that's not been done enough i think there is a uh, there is a fear of retaliation there is a fear of uh, that will i be truly understood hmm. but uh, the purpose of talking out is really acknowledging even to yourself right. uh, you know verbalizing it saying ki indeed i have a challenge remember i mentioned that women are getting feeling more and more isolated as a consequence yeah. this will start taking out that isolation and there is no need to feel one. apologetic about it or just stating the fact exactly. is 
it's a big step. Exactly, yeah. stating the fact that this is what's happening, this is where we are, and and uh, you would find uh, uh, you know men and women, and and this has been my experience, hmm. who are sensitive, sensitized to these things. They recognize that this is what's happening, hmm. and I think this dialogue uh, helps to to bring things clear and present rather than oh, it's one of those uncomfortable things we don't talk about. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think that's one. Uh, and in that, uh, talking about uh, uh, at a workplace, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, talking about at home with the spouse, for example, to pick this up, the example I gave about yeah. how the two sat down, build a list, things like that, uh, if that's a possibility. But at workplace, the talking about is also talking about the discomfort one has, you know, working to the schedule that is pushed on. Hmm. You know, the real issue in, at workplace is just this, right? That I don't have any control on my time. Yeah. So talk about that, you know, and, and share that. So that's the first thing. Hmm. The second thing I, I think that is there is to be able to then seek a few things, which is your right as an employee, hmm. right? Your right to seek a career that that you wish to build. Right, right. Uh, and and I'm using the word right because it's equally available to to both men and women. Yes, right, and therefore they don't need to. Women don't need to feel guilty saying, "Oh, I'm not putting in enough time," or "I have these constraints," and you know I should live up to that. We should stand up and say, "Look, this is an opportunity that I'm seeking, and for this, therefore, I need help from." the organization, from my team. And sometimes it's as simple as working with the team. So I'll just illustrate with an example. This is another one that I saw happening is that uh, a woman colleague who was stretched in a similar manner, mm-hmm. uh, she decided to work with their, with her manager to say, look, you know, I may not respond to you during the day, you know, for those, you know, five or six hours. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I will respond to you when my kids go to sleep. I'm happy to work. You know? So I'll work from you know, 9 p.m. to to 1 a.m. because that's very convenient for me and I'll do that. But during the day, I would not. And, and you know, and the manager is absolutely fine because it doesn't matter. Hmm. And it's not just isolated now. It's been happening many years. So I think, so that, that, that desire to build that career would mean that both manager and the team, they find a hack to deal with it. Right. right? And sometimes it needs to go to the organization. But I think 80% of the issues can be managed between the team and the and the and the women colleague. So that's the second thing hmm. is that go and solve for it as a consequence. The third is, uh, and I think it's a it's a it's a fundamental uh, uh, you know shift to see, is I I, I think it's about women uh, really stepping back and seeing you know that what is it that they wish to be and what's the kind of career they want to build, what's the kind of a lifestyle life they want to lead, more at a personal vision level, uh, because that will help them to clarify what's important, what's not important. Hmm. Right. And I'm speaking, I'm using this specifically to speak to the point that you said, and in our research pointed out that significant portion of women are are 75 percent are likely to leave the organization they are in in next two years hmm. right and and, and I'm, I'm speaking to that in particular is that you know step back and think about what do you really want right and and uh, this would be mean by way of a career by way of a family uh, by way of uh, you know your own well-being all put together build a map around what's important clarify your own values around you know what's important what's less important and then make choices around whether your organization you're in fits in uh, if it does then talk around with your with your colleagues with the with the hr with your leaders to help create that environment to suit what you need if your organization after doing all this exp- discussion including with your manager and 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 your talent leaders if it doesn't work 
then by all means look for something that fits you but before leaving your job or before considering leaving a job as a consequence of this pressure step back right step back and think and and do some personal vision uh, along with it and and maybe you have a peer that you can do along with it so that both of you yeah. can sit down together uh, and and really think do do the same with your spouse you know just sitting down and saying hey you know both of us are working how do we manage this you know so i i think that is a very important aspect to be done in the long run the first two ideas are more here and now that uh, yeah, i completely agree with you and in all of these ideas whether it is in the short term or the long term what i would like to you know underline highlight put it in bold as somebody who has gone through this and have interacted with a lot of women who have gone through this is uh, most often what holds women back is the fact that you know i am the superwoman i will find solution myself okay and uh, when you are sleep deprived because your kid is not sleeping or you are facing a safety issue in the sense you do not know who will take care of the child if you have to go to office at that time that problem yeah. looks so big that it is really difficult to step back and think what is it that i want for me in my career it looks very selfish because of our upbringing yeah. because of our societal norm so the most important underlined point is that please acknowledge you can't do it alone and you need to reach out so monish was talking about whether it's a peer whether it's a manager whether it's a spouse but you need a community of people with whom you talk about this okay so that it is possible for you to step back and think 3 years or 4 years later whereas you do not know how to handle your today no yeah, absolutely um i i have seen some very very bright women uh, colleagues and friends who went out of the workforce uh, for choices uh, depending on mm. that here and now situation um and in hindsight many of them and and my own uh, spouse included uh, there was a sense of regret that maybe you know I should have done something else to deal with those challenges at that time and i think that's the piece that uh, that you know i, I think gray hair helps you to learn uh, in hindsight right but uh, <laughs> i i think yeah. the the opportunity is yeah. to to look at it in a holistic manner and figure out a path uh, that you know you don't give up on your career you may take a break if that work but uh, but you're really okay. thinking through your choices yeah. uh, from a long term perspective rather than responding to the urgent and and with help involve more people Absolutely. to facilitate this decision making and monish uh, one uh, question i'm very tempted to ask okay uh, what is the impact of this report on you personally what is it that you decided to change when it came to your own house or workplace yeah. in the sense as a person not as a, an organization yeah. as a policy but when it comes to you you that's a lovely question um, you know i i've been a sort of a a fanatic woman supporter for a, for the longest time i remember and uh, what this uh, kind of got me is this whole militant drive to to look at it uh, for my own organization for my own household and and so on um uh, but you know one thing that that has uh, that has really it's it's made me angry that much more hmm. and uh, and 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 i and i feel uh, that uh, as organizations as men uh we haven't done enough despite the fact that this has been been uh on for a while so i am talking about it i'm i'm 
in my dialogue with uh, with my own spouse and you know basically with this both of us and our kids are uh, are out and she has her own business and you know i i am i'm part of an organization so both of us live terrible <laughs> terribly busy lives but we manage mm. with you know taking turns and cleaning utensils making breakfast and lunch and so on um so you know that is not an issue but as much as both of us talk about it and saying in her own work how can she do things for her own employees that that helps hmm. her and you know so i'm i'm a bit of a militant uh, you know drive to to drive this this messaging across to to everyone who cares to listen and, and that's that's what i've been doing I, i must have spoken to been invited to speak to companies and i've taken each and every invitation and normally i'm cautious about where i go and talk but you know each and every invitation to talk about this report and talk about what companies should do so yeah it's it's uh, it's where i am it's made me angry and i'm trying to push and do what what i can uh to to do a, even a small bit of a difference if i could each one of us if we decide yeah where we can make a difference yes that is powerful yeah thank you uh so monish anything else that you would like to add any parting thoughts anything you wanted to share which we have not covered I I I have really enjoyed this conversation. I am so glad what you're doing and uh, your uh, your listeners uh, will I'm sure are deriving value out of each of your conversations. Um thank you for inviting me for a for, for a dialogue and being the thank first male so privilege. Thank you so much. I'm I'm really really honored. Yeah. So thank you very much for Thank you. Me. It was lovely Monish. Thank you. Do visit my website thenewindianwoman.com for related blogs on this topic of course i would love to hear from you you could rate or leave a comment in your podcast app or write to me at krishna@thenewindianwoman.com at remember you are what you want to be and the time starts now